Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minutes, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. I'm Nathan. You can find me on social media at NoClutchNate. I'm Father David Mowry, and I'm currently the acting director of ongoing formation for priests in the Diocese of Joliet in Illinois. Alrighty, welcome back. And today on Donald Justice, we're talking about uh, Minute 108, which uh, starts with Clark saying, I miss you too, Dad, to his, his forced ghost dad. And uh, then the minute's <laughs> going to end with Bruce Wayne talking about his father and the legacy of the Wayne family. Hmm. So this Aww. is pretty interesting. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> yeah. You said it, not me. So, <laughs> Did you rhyme? Was there a rhyme there? The, the, the father, <laughs> Don't worry about son, it. It's fine. The, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's right. That's funny. You said, you said yesterday that this movie was more about the mothers, but these minutes are very father-centric. They, it is yeah. all about coming to terms with um, what your father did and how you respond to that in your own life as son. Yeah. Again, you said it, not me. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That that is exactly what's going on here. We are as soon as we are done seeing Clark talk to his father, or about or whatever just happened with his. He he really just listened. He it was like his dad had a podcast, <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, I just <laughs> went up there and I listened to what he had to say, and all right, and then yeah, but now <laughs> uh, now or hold on, now I'm just imagining um, farm dad's ghost podcast, and the sign off is always "I miss you, son." I mean, every episode ends with <laughs> that sign off. That's so sad. That's so sad. I don't think I could that handle is so that. So sad. It's a rough podcast. Imagine it's just life lessons from your like from the your made up dad that was just a farm farm. This dad. is That's... a market. If you yeah. grew up without a father, use oh. a podcast where you... Oh, man. That's not okay. Come man. on, man. We're not doing this. <laughs> this is what's going to happen uh, now that... Uh, this is going to be the follow-up to S-Town. Uh, this is going to be the, the next big podcast project that just takes the whole internet by storm for all those unfulfilled uh, desire for a strong father figure. Yeah. Um, just need to come up with a good name for it. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like ASRM for people with absent father figures yeah. oh like this is getting very sad <laughs> it is. Call it, I mean, it it, is. But the, the fact that the sign off was i miss you son like that would be, <laughs> every episode <laughs> would ruin me oh my god yeah Oh, man. And then uh, Clark obviously has his phone to automatically delete the episode once it's over because Jonathan's just gone. There is no um, cheat. And I like this. There's no cheesy effect of him like fading away or, or anything like that. He's just gone. But that does raise the question. What what just happened? Exactly. What, how is that cairn there? Because Jonathan was was building it. But now that cairn's actually there. I'm very confused. It's interesting that he had a part in building like it wasn't just there like maybe it was there and he was just maintaining it like a couple rocks fell down and he was just putting them back on it can you do that i don't know mm-hmm. is, that, is that in the law <laughs> is, are you not, yeah are you not allowed to do that <laughs> look we're talking about a ghost so i i think the usual laws don't apply i don't think the park rangers are going to get on ghost dad's <laughs> case about hey leave that karen alone you're not authorized <laughs> oh man uh man but so after that we see i mean we're going to be dealing with two father figures. Wait, yeah, hang on. But like, <laughs> I think like this is, should we try to answer this? Was it a vision? He's gone. It's definitely a vision. Like, but what kind of vision? Is yeah. it? Is it all in Clark's head or was Ghost Dad actually there? 
Yeah. All in Clark's head. You think it was all in mm-hmm. Clark's head? I I you, think no. I think he was actually there. I think he was actually I think there. he was actually there cuz cuz we because we've had stuff that was all in character's head with all the dreams that Bruce has, Bruce has been having and we always see the character wake up. You I know, mean, this isn't like inception We're like oh they're asleep or not, who knows what's real. Yeah. I think this act there was actually a ghost on top of a mountain that talked to Clark about uh dead Mr. Ed for some reason. <laughs> dead Mr. Ed. I'm right there with you. I think it was a real I think it, I think it actually happened. But my reasonings are a little different. <laughs> yeah, magic. <laughs> Mad, oh, the magic mountain. The thing, magic yeah. mountain. Magic yeah. mountain. I've been there before. Look, I think we can all agree. The important thing is that Nathan and I agree. Yeah. I think <laughs> that we're right, and it's it's two to one. So yeah. no, okay. I, I doors that way, man. <laughs> Forfeit. You guys are right. No, it's I. I trust me. I, I want to believe X Files. You know, like <laughs> I wrong I, show. Yeah, wrong show. But uh, yeah, no, I. I think he could be there. Yeah, that I definitely believe that. Um, it is a very, it's a very comic book thing. I, mean, I could totally see that being part of a Superman book where he's having a moment of contemplation. All of a sudden, there's his dad. It's it's a very, uh, it's, it fits in with the general theme of a comic book movie. <laughs> Just yeah. when you're going through it one minute at a time, you stop and think, "Hey, wait a minute, How, what?" It is a very Superman thing. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never see it, and you don't see it in, in this minute. You never see Thomas Wayne come in and be like, Oh, no, you can't. Hey, man, brush your teeth and be a better person. You know, <laughs> well, like, Thomas Wayne was... Bruce, one time I was negotiating an aggressive takeover of a smaller company. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think I think Thomas's stories would be a little less relatable yeah. than Jonathan's stories. But then you could also, you know, like it, this happens with Superman a lot in his stories because maybe of that, like that uh, inability from human characters to do the same thing. Maybe that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, what we do get is an actual living human being, another one talking to, to Bruce Wayne. And, and he's supposed to be representing somewhat of a father figure, but yeah. also like, uh, I mean, I gotta say this this walking up shot to the manor that we have now. I mm-hmm. guess if we're switching scenes now, um, I always appreciated that it was Alfred, and I remember in the trailer thinking that it, you know, clearly you thought you think it was Bruce. I guess yeah. I, mm-hmm. I did at least. But then when you realize, like, this is a fantastic shot of Jeremy Irons. Oh like, boy! I want if man, if I was like a real big Alfred Pennyworth fan and I was Jeremy Irons, I would get just this like screen cap and just blown up and have it like like on a the, canvas of, painting. Yeah, of the fireplace. Like, yeah, that was me as Alfred Pennyworth. Like, check that out. That's awesome. Oh, it's, it's a it's a beautiful shot. I really yeah. love this shot of stately Wayne Manor in ruins, and it's just it's really great symbolism because it reflects the interior decay that that Bruce has gone through. Mm-hmm. That his his he's lost something. That something that once was proud and beautiful and noble has now degraded into this burnt out husk of a building. Yeah, absolutely. Like this represents him the best, and so like a you know a lot of people, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate in this film. One of those things being like, oh, wouldn't he wouldn't he preserve the what's left of his family? And it's like, no, not really, because that's to him because of what he went through as a child like to him this is the reality of it all this is what 
he's grown up to to realize that the world looks like how this manor looks mm-hmm. like this is the reality of it mm-hmm. very hollow empty unkempt unkept and like you know and, and you live in that and you and you you just kind of fester in that you know like that's his that's his mindset that's his, his dying outlook. in a gutter yeah it's his outlook it's like his parents mm-hmm. died on the on city streets for n- almost no reason at all probably no reason at all they were just mugged and yeah. killed and that was it and that was the story and that's how it goes and that's life and so why mm-hmm. why why preserve a lie basically why preserve that like let's be real about it and to me this is real now, does this shot of a burnt out Wayne Manor, is this supposed to connect this movie with the Nolan Batman films? Because in Batman Begins, Wayne Manor gets burnt down by Ra's al Ghul and the League of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this supposed to connect things? Are we supposed to believe that um, Ben Affleck is Christian Bale 20 years on? No. It's separate. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Dark Knight Rises came in yeah, and rebuilt like, it. If they had stopped at the Dark Knight, if they were like, hey, we'll do Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and they would just stop after that, you could make a theory of like, hey, after the downfall of Batman in that film, here we are mm. 20 years later, and, and you could do that. Oh, oh, that's so good. Oh, I love that idea so much. Oh, it's so good. No, Nolan, why? <laughs> Yeah, Dark Knight I, Rises came in and was just like, you know, I guess we'll end on like a kind of, I don't know, I really don't, I watched Dark Knight Rises, I really like that movie. The city is yours. <laughs> I, that was a great Bane. It was good. Um, <laughs> I I was always a fan of, of Nolan's excuse of Batman being the only hero in that universe. At the time. Well, and, no, just that. And he was, it. yeah. It. He was the only, no, that's super, that like, nobody, no, no one else existed, like, I mean. Nobody else exists. There was no other heroes. Gotham City was the only one that had some crazy guy in a bat costume jumping around buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was cool for me because, like, that kind of, I guess it made the world smaller. It made it seem like only bad things happen in Gotham. I mean, imagine, like, in Rises, a, a, a nuclear warhead going off, and it's like, well, I guess that's happening in Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they're just... Yeah, but that that metrop that metro area is really problematic in terms of housing. Well, do you want to live in Metropolis or do you want to live in Gotham? Yeah. I don't want to live either of those places. Yeah. Uh, that's a question. I think I would take my chances in Gotham. To be completely honest with you, like Ooh. I mean, because Metropolis, mm. like yeah, cool city tomorrow, but like man, <laughs> but maybe I won't because yeah, the building will fall out. Exactly. You. Like man, someone's gonna come crashing through my building, dude. There's gonna be a giant <laughs> alien. S- squid wave thing come over squid and kill wave. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Squid wave. There's a dinosaur. That's very hot in the clubs right now, I think. It's squid yeah. wave. At least, like, if I'm in. <laughs> uh, at least if I'm in Gotham, like, I can. Like, have it maybe. Man, imagine, like, just hanging out in an alleyway at, like, you know, four o'clock in the morning, just, like, chilling. And then all of a sudden, some guy, like, runs and it's like, oh, oh, get out of here. And then Batman comes down and be like, yo, he went that way. Like we'll see. High five him on the way past. Like yeah, man. I feel that, like that's a very different universe than the one we are currently in. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a, maybe. That's, that's a much. That's a much more. Hey, it's a Batman. Yeah, high five. That's not. This is not I a high fiving kind of Batman. Yeah. No. This is like the vampire Batman, where it's like, hold on. I want. I don't even. If you, if Batman shows up, you know, in your area, you don't want to be around. Like I was like, maybe I'm in the wrong area. Maybe this life isn't for me. Maybe yeah. I should this, rethink. My this life. Batman uses guns. I I don't want to be around this Batman. 
But see, like Central City might be something that I think most people are like, hey, I want to live there because like I could be at a coffee shop and like the flash and the rogues are like going at it. And I'd be like, hey, man, could you just like not bump into me because like I have to be to work later. But I know y'all doing this silly thing right now. But like, see, they're like, it's very just like, oh, they're just stick. Yeah, they're just being like. It's like a stage play. <laughs> Cops and robbers, three stooges or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess this is, you know, it's, oh, it's typical. It's that would be cool because they do have that bar of all the villains that just yeah. go and hang out and complain about, oh, man, every time the Flash just gets me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So. That's fun. Man, maybe Central City is a place to live. Yeah, right? I mean, they're just, uh, they're just unfortunately, we know nothing about it in this movie. And yeah, true. No, no fun in sight. Not with lines like, I'm older now than my father ever was. Yeah, that's a rough one. Which is, which, but it's a very good line. I mean, I, I'm I'm giving the movie some grief about how dour it is, but in all honesty, that's a very good line for Bruce Wayne to deliver. It's really well acted because here is Bruce Wayne, and you know, to to coming to grips with his own age, that he has somehow survived all these encounters with criminals, and he is now older than his parents. It, it, I think it speaks to his own particular um, neurosis, you know, his, his desire to enact justice to make sure that what happened to him doesn't happen to anyone else. It's soured now. It, it's, it's fallen from a high ideal. It, it's now become something like survivor's guilt. And he, he echoes that in the language that he talks about. This may be the only thing I do that matters. I have to justify the fact that I'm alive, Alfred. Mm. I survived and my parents didn't. So I've got to make a difference in this world that's, that's more than just pulling weeds. It's a, it's a nice, and it's a, this is a very nice scene. Yeah. Oh, I'm, 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 and I like the, I like the, the criminals as weeds that we, we had the flood parable with Superman and now we've got this weeds metaphor where again, this presentation of evil is something that you can't stop it. Evil just, it's always going to come up and you just, you pull up one weed and another one grows in its place. And so, uh, Batman is looking for some way to make a lasting change and he is aware that he has to go to very extreme lengths. He, has, he does not disagree with Alfred that it's suicide what he's doing. He doesn't care. He needs to because he has to justify why he has lived and his parents has died. Yeah, and and you know he he dismisses that that twenty years of fighting criminals. You know, like it, like in his mind, it, it did amount to nothing. And it's like, but that is that really? And and you know to to go and say like, hey. You know, this may be the only thing I do that matters. And like, this is, you know, kind of the, the, what I'm going to base my legacy off of. And it's like, do you say that often? Or is this like the first time you've had that idea? Because it's like, you're telling me now this is like, I mean. He picks up the razor in the morning. This may be the only thing I do that matters. But yeah. This, this, maybe The shave I'm going to give myself is my legacy. Like, okay, well, cl- calm down yeah. there, Bruce. Maybe if a Bat family did exist, like that was like his idea of what the legacy was. But as we see, like that all failed. So again, it adds chalk, yeah. one, chalk another one up to Bruce Wayne's failure in this universe. So like maybe it's just everything's been weighing on him. Yeah, and, but I can't mm-hmm. imagine like when he decided to, to put on the cowl that he not say then – this is my legacy. Like this. no, he was too young. Let's see. Like that what? was when he first put it on. It was probably just like spunk and. But anger. how's this gonna matter? Vengeance. Like how? how There's like, no spunk in this Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's all gone. Yeah, been drained out of him. I mean, it, imagine 20 years ago, and then put like yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, There's spunk and vengeance. But yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I was trying to think spunk. of. I was trying to think of Ben Affleck himself 20 years ago as an actor as Batman. So like you have. I to, was. He was just a baby. 
20 years ago, Ben Affleck was just a baby, fresh-faced actor. Like yeah. Goodwill Hunting Ben Affleck. Yeah. You know, like imagine- I can't see that guy punching the Joker. But imagine that young Batman. You can see Daisy Confused Ben Affleck punching the Joker. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And so like imagine that guy in a costume fighting crime. Mm-hmm. It's definitely some spunk there, right? Like- I'm a big fan of Ben Affleck and Daisy Confused. Everybody hates him. I know he's a character you're supposed to hate, but man, I, I love him. <laughs> I just don't really like that movie, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's so it's so odd because you're really saying that, that like you're not answering Alfred's questions and Alfred is it's his it's his uh inner voice personified you know like Alfred is like this could be an inner inner battle between a person if it was like a book and the author was writing it like in italics like he's talking to himself he's questioning this but it's like here's Alfred as an actual character Mm -hmm. who's representing his inner like moral that's the thing that you get in Superman comics what you don't with get the in ghost that, dad right no you oh. get that you get superman's inner monologue all the time in superman oh, yeah, comics yeah, yeah, you yeah. get a, a superman narrative all the time batman you get alfred talking to you over the computer like so it fits man most of the time with batman's inner monologue it's more of just like the streets are like hundreds of years old here's like it's, the foundation it's, yeah, of everything it's, it's and, insight it's yeah. not like it's not morality but yeah batman's yeah. very noir if if he has an inner monologue it's uh, like a noir style yeah mm-hmm. uh story where he's you know, talking in very poetic terms about what mm-hmm. the city is like and yeah. so on and so forth it's like science like a, mm-hmm. a, a deduction i guess if mm-hmm. you will. but it's yeah, not like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a moral constraint that he has that's that's where alfred comes in yeah, so it, it is odd that like your moral, the person representing like your moral compass is telling you like none of that mattered and it's like he doesn't really answer. He's like... He's no. playing the role perfectly, man. But it's He's like... living up to Alfred. To say that 20 years of something just all of a sudden nothing mattered. Broken like, Batman. Well, Al- Alfred is reflecting that back to Bruce saying, look, look at what you've done. You've, you've had 20 years yeah. of fighting criminals. That amounts to nothing. And... He's just tossing that aside because now that Superman is on the scene, now that things like the destruction of Metropolis are very real possibilities, he he disregards all those smaller threats. I mean, it's it's very um, Cold War uh, style mentality where we don't pay as much attention to the smaller problems because the Russians have nukes. Mm-hmm. Other things don't matter. We need to shape everything around the fact that Russia has nukes and might use them. It's uh, it's that and that we saw that earlier on where where Bruce, you know, has that, you know, if there's even a one percent chance we have to take it as an absolute certainty. And that has shaped and warped his perspective, even on his own life. Everything that he's done as Batman up to this point now is meaningless because Superman exists because Russia has nukes. Yeah, no, it's definitely Cold War mentality. This whole movie has been playing like that between Batman and Superman, up, you know, until they actually do start fighting. But yeah. Then even then, it's like, um, so, so I mean, but where does where does that get you? Like, if this is his legacy, this is about the future of the world. Like, what is that? What is that profit he's looking for? The what profit is-, is you get a movie titled Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yeah, this God, is, this yeah, is what the, the profit watching. is what five hundred million dollars worldwide. Yeah. What was <laughs> like? That's what this. That's what it's supposed to. Batman took on the Superman. Like, oh, cool. But in his mind, what is, what is yeah? Within, that's within what it is. Mind. No, come on. <laughs> it's 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 protecting the girl from the beginning of the movie. I mean, there's there's still that 
that sense that Batman has to protect the innocent and to fight for those who cannot fight for themselves, but it's been twisted and warped by his own psychological baggage and his own mistrust of Superman. He, he cannot believe that Superman is, is going to choose the good each and every time because he's Batman. In Batman's world, nobody chooses the good all the time. Gotham City is a terrible place for that. And he has really taken a very, not just a low anthropology, but like a basement, sub-basement anthropology that no one is good. And so no one can be trusted. So he has to kill him in order to provide some measure of safety in the world. Yeah. And the criminals, they'll, they'll get dealt with by the police. I've got to do something about this threat because this is what I'm capable of doing in order to make people safe again. And he's very fatalistic about it. He knows that he's suicide. He's, he's, he's giving his, he's not self-sacrificing. He's throwing his life away in order to satisfy his survivor's guilt. I think that's, that's how I'm reading the character. Yeah. I never thought about it. Survivor's guilt, but that's, mm. I think that it, fits perfectly. I always put it, it more of like a, uh, like a control aspect. Um, he always just needs to be in control, but I think, yeah, I would, which is very true. I think that's another good way to read the character that Superman threatens to upend mm -hmm. everything he's in control because Bruce is very much about control. He's a billionaire. He gets whatever he wants. Yeah. And then he gets to punch criminals at night in order to operate justice the way he sees fit. Yeah. And then Superman shows up and shows that control is not possible. Yeah. And that was what like, th I think that's what mimicked um, Dark Knight Returns for me because that Batman was all about like, this is it's my city. This is my get out of my way. Like this is I control it. Don't don't interfere with my stuff. And I feel like that's what it mimicked. And then once Superman kind of came in on that, it's like, whoa, you're you got to learn that you can't control everything. In yeah, life. man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> check yourself, boy. And so, yeah, so this, uh, you know, to me, like watching the movie and especially this minute is, is a moment where I feel like, you know, you really are whether you know it or not, like the villain of this film, like you are, you're so lost in your way and like almost to the point where it's like, I want to like, just like shake Bruce Wayne, like, yo, you need to cut this out. Like, cause you're really down the wrong path here kind of thing. Right. Or is, is someone, is, is there something to admire about? Like, do you, does anyone like feel like they can be pro Batman in the situation? Cause I, I still feel like he's like a, one of the major villains and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, when you find yourself fundamentally agreeing with Lex Luthor, you've definitely lost your way. Oh yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> I mean, I can't. You are, you are no longer one of the good guys. Yeah, it, it's well. I mean, I think that might just be playing towards the fear of man. It's valid. Not it is valid. Yeah. Like his his anger, all that. Like you know, it, these are valid things, and those we, those people mm -hmm. need to know that. Hey, your anger is valid. Cool, but. Let's work this out, man. <laughs> There's two sides of the coin. So I, I, so I need to I need to make a pastoral visit to Stately Wayne Manor. It's like, oh, Bruce, we haven't seen you at church in a while. Anything you want to you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> just gonna have have some pastoral care for Bruce, just to give him a chance to unburden himself. He just he just needs a good talking to by by someone he he knows will be objective, I guess. Yeah, and it, yeah. Well, I mean, then again, there's also that's why Alfred is here. It's like, please, just like talk things these things out. But he's so. He's so adamant about like, no, this is my legacy. This is, you know, mm -hmm. this is going to change the future of the world for the better. Like, this is the path I'm on. Like, everything I've done has led up to this. <laughs> I'm trying to find um, the actual, like, 
Wayne House coat of arms to see if it actually matches up with. Oh yeah, which house are you? I think I'm the goat creature that's on the right. Which house? It's like a Hogwarts. What? Whole thing. Oh that. Oh that was a that was a Harry Potter joke. That was a Harry Potter. It's a Harry Potter. No, not Harry Potter. There isn't even a goat house in Hogwarts. I I tried to look that up too, and um the the house of wayne coat of arms that i found does not match this yeah. at all uh, the one thing that i i found in studying heraldry and looking some at some to be frank very dry material on heraldry um the biggest thing i i was interested in was the supporters so the the upright animals the animals on their hind legs on either side of the shield mm-hmm. those are normally granted to um uh noble families so those who share in a royal lineage or have a noble household and are supporters of the king in Britain uh, have the honor of putting supporters on either side of the shield. So it, it raised the question, okay, if if Wayne just didn't make up his coat of arms and this actually has some connection to the old country, then uh, there's this theme of lordship, this theme of nobility and kind of a, the the knighthood of Batman because he's the dark knight that carries through. Hey, yo. There you go. Yeah. And I believe it. So and I think the closest that I would was kind of pulling was from Morrison's like uh, like time in the Batman runs where like, oh, as he went, he through went time. through all of like the Wayne like lineage and stuff. Um, I think the furthest they went back, though, was like American settling, like Wayne's settling in the Americas. So like, I didn't know if there was any, which is what we'll get to tomorrow. Right. Like kind of like that time, that era, like where he's talking about, like it's, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there (laughs) tomorrow, but, um, maybe, yeah, but there was nothing. I don't think Morrison mentioned anything in like royalty. So yeah. And I don't, I don't know much about like, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about (laughs) coat of arms and all that. So like, (laughs) like, is it the same uh, creature on both sides of that of that coat of arms? Like, is that uh, looking at it? Looks like it's, there's a lion on the right hand side and like a griffin or an eagle yeah, or something eagle. like that on the left hand side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So they look like they're representing two different creatures, but then there also looks like um, there's a, a crown or a knight helmet above that. Yep. Um, in the center, we do get this like a sword or a dagger that's like you know taking up. The whole left half. Does anybody know what these supposed uh-huh. to mean? I'm sure there's a book, right? There's a dictionary. Like there's meanings behind what the symbols and coat of arms means, yeah, right? It's yeah, it's probably right. Like Should here, we have looked it up? It's like when you see a spider. No, I, I didn't take the time to look to look all that up. I, I do appreciate the restraint shown in not having a bat be a part of the, the family <laughs> crest because that would have been a little yeah. on the nose. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think, it, it, I think it'll play in tomorrow's minute when we start talking about like their actual... Yeah, upbringing the the Wayne family like making yeah. a name for themselves kind of thing, or unless they were you know they've always been part of lordship and uh, as you said like royalty. Yeah, if if that mm-hmm. was the case, but this the symbols here might play into. I don't know. It's it's, it's a really curious thing, and uh, if you guys listening have any theories or just let us know, or if you are an expert in studying this kind of stuff, let us know what you think the coat of arms for the Wayne family means and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, there is restraint not doing a bad thing, but they, then again, there's the night, <laughs> the night helmet, which might be like, Hey, yeah. you know, 
Dark Knight, Night Helmet, Royalty, like your your quest to to uphold justice and stuff like this might be um, just in your in your nature and like in your blood in your family to to be kind of who you are as a person. It's so. a hand. It's like a glove, right? Or a hand. It's the high five we were talking about earlier. Oh, it was the high five. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that's how we know Batman has lost his way. He's lost the, the Wayne tradition of the high five. I'm oh, sorry. man. That's why I need to be going to Gotham. Yeah, I need to be written into stories as go. You know that Nate kid? All he does is just high five Batman. Yeah. Every time. I mean, and then like I don't know what the, there's an animal just by itself. Nothing going on with the animal. It looks it looks like a bear to me. I thought it was uh, no like a like a goat or a cow or a sheep. A yeah, herder. pelts, pelts, Some sort of whatever. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there tomorrow. Yes, the most noble of animals, the, the great sheep. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Hey man. <laughs> I'm very pro sheep. I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> But that's all I got for this one. What about you guys? Oh, man, I'm done. You good? Well, I do have today's installment yep. of Christ and the Cape. So uh, if if we can launch into that. So Monday we talked about anthropology. Tuesday we talked about Christology. Today I wanted to talk about soteriology. Soteriology is a term that means the theology of salvation. So if you have this set up, so... We have humans that can't do anything about evil, that can't save themselves. You have a, a savior, the Christ figure, and uh, either the Christ figure is an Aryan Christ like Superman is, or he is more like Jesus where he's uh, vulnerable and fully shares in our human condition. Then the question is, okay, how do we get saved? How does this savior actually solve the problem of evil? The problem with superhero movies is that their soteriology is always the same. The answer is violence. <laughs> you have to punch the bad guy in the face until he stops moving. Now, the only movie that I'm aware of where this isn't the case and a movie that I really loved how it put the twist on this ending was the end of Doctor Strange, uh, where instead Doctor Strange uses his cleverness to defeat the bad guy. But every other superhero movie ends with a great big fight scene. It ends with punching something until it dies. Mm -hmm. The problem with that violence is the problem we see in this movie. Superman has to save the world from Zod, but in doing so, he engages in violence, which naturally, of its nature, spills over to affect the lives of other people. It's part of that cycle of violence. Violence begets more violence. So as Bruce Wayne sees the destruction waged by this Christ-like figure engaging in face-punching, it sparks hatred, it sparks resentment, it sparks violence in his own heart. So salvation cannot meet violence with violence. We cannot meet evil by engaging in more evil acts. Anyway, this is Batman's fault. He thinks he's he's so far gone that the only solution he has to, to, to face this evil is to engage in the evil of killing. So the soteriology of the, the Catholic Church, the, the theology of salvation we see in Jesus Christ, because he is vulnerable, because he has emptied himself of that divine majesty, he fully shares in our human nature, which includes our mortality. Christ is God, but he's also able to die. 
Jesus suffers all of the consequences of a violent system as an innocent victim. He takes on all of the hatred, the mockery, the beating, the scourging, the whipping, and even death itself, and death as a common criminal. Crucifixion was reserved for people the Roman Empire wanted to make examples of. It was a humiliating death. In most artwork, the artist is very modest and covers up uh, Jesus's underwear region. But like Superman, Jesus did not have any underwear on the cross. It, it was a stark, naked humiliation of the person being crucified. Jesus as Savior takes on all of the violence, all the evil that we do as human beings, even to the point of death, death on a cross, and then rises again to show that violence and death and mockery and scourging cannot stop God and cannot stop the love God has for the world. And in rising from the dead, Jesus rewrites the rules. It's the end of the world as we know it. No longer is force and violence a legitimate answer to our problems. Now we are shown in Christ Jesus how we are to enter into salvation, how we're to leave evil behind, and we no longer need to worry about weeds or floods or anything else, and enter into the pattern of Christ's life and death and resurrection. And so that's the Christian religion. We are saved by being united with Christ, by having our lives caught up in the drama of Jesus's victory over death. It's why Superman doesn't work as a savior figure, because the only answer he's able to offer is violence, is punching things in the face, and violence only begets more violence. It's also why superhero resurrections always fall short <clears throat> of the power that Jesus's resurrection has. Because when, you know, say Superman, if he should die, I don't know if he does or not, but if he should die, and then I don't know, maybe come back to life, and I don't know another movie, I'm just speaking hypothetically here, that doesn't have the same power to it because, okay, well, he's still just Superman, and he's only going to offer the same solution after death that he did before death, which is face punching. So that, uh, again, that, that's the, where these Christ analogies, the, the symbolism that Zack Snyder and the, the writers of the screenplay and everyone else involved in this movie want to use around Superman misses the mark. It falls short of the, the actual reality of what Christ came to do. I am really glad you brought that up because yeah. that, that to me has always been an issue with watching superhero films. And I wanted it in Justice League and, and uh, we didn't get it. And I, I want that more in, in superhero films. And it really falls on, on the writers because um, choosing to tell a story about Superman. But it's like you're telling me that he has to resort to violence to to defeat the bad guy. It's like where is the Superman story where he saves the villain from themselves. I mean, we kind of get that in this mm -hmm. film with Batman. It's like, yeah, you've learned that you've been going down this wrong path because of Superman's sacrifice, and now you're, you know, you want to be a better person again. That's the, that's the, um, that's the result we should be getting. You know, like, uh, you know, spoilers for Justice League, but it's like, shouldn't you tell Steppenwolf that you don't have to follow in Darkseid's footsteps, that you can be who you want to, you can choose who you want to be, you know, like I represent the power of choice and freedom. You should want to do the same and like save them from themselves. We see it with Wonder Woman and Cheetah, which is really, I'm a huge fan of Wonder Woman. And there's a time where like 
you know, she doesn't resort to violence. She, she resorts to love and it's like, Hey, you know, we can get through this. Like you can be a better person again. (laughs) And Cheetah like agrees. And like Wonder Woman defeats the villain by saving that person from themselves. You said it early. Like it's what he does to Batman. Yeah. But again, (laughs) Justice League fell short for me because it only had the one villain. Yeah. And you beat the guy up. Yeah, exactly. And it has multiple (laughs) villains. I think it's always, Superman has always fallen short with that because the death of exists. Mm-hmm. That book is I, I'm not a big fan of the death of Superman. Like yeah. I understand what it is, I appreciate for what it is. This is a marketing it's a, tactic. It's, <laughs> it, it really was. It's just you had the most all powerful character, and it was like, how do we make him not boring? I guess we got to kill him. And then you, again, you just you just you have two characters punching each other extremely hard until they both. That's die. what the whole story was. It's just what it was just complete. It was just two characters just punching each other after, <laughs> and that I never liked about Superman. That's yeah. what completely turned me off. Like as a young kid about Superman, it's like oh, all he does is punch people. Like that's not that's not cool. How do you? There seems like you can't really move away from that now because that you story can. exists. They just choose not to. And well, I don't know. Like, oh, it really right. I mean, that, that's why I brought up the example of the doc. That's why I brought up the example of the Doctor Strange movie, where you're able to have a cosmic level threat and be able to solve the problem without violence. It's also the the biggest disappointment I had with the Wonder Woman movie, where at the end she's facing. <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about it. She's facing down Ares and she decides to side with humanity and she says, I believe in love. And then she punches him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so, she, so the joke I had about that, well, I believe in love, but not forgiveness, Ares. Whammo. Mm-hmm. Right, right in the kisser. Well, she, well, what is she, uh, we'll get there. We'll do, when we do Wonder Woman Minute, we'll get you on board. Or maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, but um, yeah, no, like that needs to be there. We need to like, Comic book people, just whether you're making films, shows, comic books themselves, graphic novels, like you need to say, hey, like if we're going to have our character kind of with this kind of ideology and this theology, and if we're going to go this route, uh, why do we stop when it comes to defeating the villain to, to just resort in? like a wrestling match? Like why is that? Why mm-hmm. is that the why? Why do we come up short when we need it the most? Because I feel like that's that's when it should be most you know like we really need to, to punch it in here like uh, ironically like but not punch it in. yeah like th- don't punch them but like maybe <laughs> save them like like we need our like luke skywalker saves darth vader but it's not by killing him and like you know star wars right. so nine would be great if ray can like bring kylo ren to the light side and like save them from themselves like that is what we need to that's especially right now those are the stories we need to be telling we need to yeah, know these like that's what we need and that's what yeah. i want and that's you know like that's what i've always wanted from superman is like be that be that like if you are so powerful you don't need to punch them in the face you are so powerful you can save them from themselves and that's what i want that's all i want <laughs> i'm right with you are we good are we good here i'm good here <laughs> Alrighty, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minutes and let us know what you thought about today's uh, minutes or any minutes that you're catching up on. And uh, you can also find us on the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 109 of Dawn of Justice.